0: The Zone Coverage Podcast Network. Hey, it's another episode of Midwest Swing. You can find us on Twitter at Midwest Swing Pod. We're part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. You can find Zone Coverage on Twitter at Zone Coverage. Amen. I'm your host Brandon Warren. I'm on Twitter at Brandon underscore Warren. We've got Tim Cheesebro in pinch hitting for Justin Bailey. Do you have a Do you have a Twitter? I don't know if he's even got his mic on, but do you have a Twitter people can follow you on? Uh, DJ Easy Cheese literally just created it like three weeks ago. Okay, well, give him a. <laughs> he's him already a been suspended. Give he's already sad. said some questionable things. Speaking of saying questionable things, cross table <laughs> at T Schreier three. Tom Schreier the third. What up? I'm here to say some questionable things. <laughs> That's what's up, man. I have been battling a flu bug. More so, my whole family. My daughter had it then didn't have it and then had it again. So we took her in this morning. But here fully locked and loaded for what should be a fun show. We have a tentative guest. Kind of a little bit wishy-washy. Tiny he, Nick, yeah, what the hell? What's going on, man? It's not quite Chris from Cleveland, you know, jet setting, globe trotting. Right, right, right. We we'll get he's him in back on. What? On too. Ames, Iowa. He's not even out of the time zone. Right. But he must have something going on. Hopefully, he'll call in at some point and if not, we'll catch up with him another time, but Got all kinds of fun stuff to get to. I wrote a Homer Bailey article for the yeah, site. Yeah. Been sitting on that one for a little while. But...
1: Yeah, um, do you want to talk through the process of doing this? Because this is not just you breaking down film. You've yeah. been working with someone to... So I was actually, yeah,
0: um, Jeremy Maschino. And I don't remember his Twitter handle off the top of my head. But just look through my tweets. I've I've definitely credited him. He gave me a lot of good stuff to work with between Brooks Baseball, fan Graphs, and then he keeps his own pitching database, which is... Very similar to Baseball Savant. I don't know how much you use Savant, probably not a ton. But I, I'm a Savant of nothing. Sta- so no. <laughs> what is that, jack of all trades, master of none? Yeah. You're something, something along those lines. But he keeps a database that's very similar. And so he was basically able to tell me a lot of nitty-gritty stuff as far as him moving on the pitching rubber. Yeah. And it's stuff that I probably could have figured out myself through kind of like arduous, painstaking process. Sure. But since he's got data on points where the ball's released and that sort of thing, and he and I kind of collaborated back and forth, we figured out that Homer Bailey, that's Justin Bailey's cousin, just to reiterate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just kidding, that's part of the bit. Moved from the far right side of the rubber to probably more towards the middle in like mid-May, and then committed fully to the middle of the the pitcher rubber pitching rubber. As I'm not sure if we have an exact date on that the biggest thing for me was to differentiate how he pitched with Kansas city and how he pitched with Oakland. And the big thing that kind of came back to us as we were doing our independent research was that being in the middle of the rubber and, and Kyle Gibson explained this to me, basically for pitchers, it depends on what they want their pitches to do and how they want to set guys up. So with a slider, and this makes a lot of sense. You may not think of it as like a, an average fan, but If you're setting up a hitter and you throw him a slider, you either want it to spend as little time in the zone and then catch the zone at the end or vice versa. A lot of time in the zone and then go out of the zone. And your sinker is the opposite. And guys usually throw a sinker slider repertoire like Scott Erickson back in the day was a sinker slider guy. Kyle Gibson sinker slider guy. Because the pitches come out of the same tunnel. And if you don't know what tunneling is, it's basically just where your pitch comes out of and the path that it follows home. Sinker slider can come out of the same tunnel and do two opposite things. So if you can mask that well enough, you may not get swings and misses, and sinker ballers are not big swing and miss guys, but it'll get ground balls, it'll get weak contact. And then Gibson became a strikeout guy more as time went on because his slider got sharper, better tilt. But he got a ton of grounders and weak contact, and that's how guys succeed like that. And so when Bailey moves to the center of the rubber, basically what he's seeing is, He's taking away that advantage of the ball coming in, you know, from the from the outside, you know, behind a right-handed hitter if he throws a slider and, and setting guys up like that. He's basically neutralizing that for his breaking pitches. However, it's allowing him to throw more strikes. And so basically, uh, to, to go too long, didn't read on this, he improved his command by moving to the middle of the, the pitching rubber. He... Didn't have good curveball slider to begin with, so he kind of committed to making those what they call show me pitches, which means, you know, if a guy's not expecting it, you flip it in there. Like Rich Hill throws a like a slider that he sidearms, and you'd be like, well, can't you just pick up the the arm slot if he's not going over the top? And you, excuse me, you can just flip it in there, and it, it just kind of catches guys off guard. He's basically just a fastball splitter guy, but he didn't give up a ton of homers. Those pitches were both very, very good for him, and he walked fewer guys. He he went. Geez. Uh, apparently Siri on my uh, Apple Watch was <laughs> checking in there. But anyway, um, it, it, it so basically, it, same batting average, same slugging percentage allowed overall, but he dropped his OBP against by thirty points. So from a, 290, a two ninety down to a two ninety four from like a three thirty. And basically, what that is is though, is he's just keeping guys off base, not giving up homers, and you know, I guess pun intended with his name. Right, But it was just reworking most things about him, which can be hard to do. This is a guy who was in his age 33 season. He's pitched for a long time. He's done some things well. He really struggled. And he was very Anibal Sanchez for the Royals last year. And if people don't remember, Anibal Sanchez came to spring training with the Twins in 2018. They signed Lancelin. They let Sanchez go. He went to Atlanta, had a really nice season. I think that's the kind of lightning in a bottle they're trying to catch with Ulysse Chassin this year. But anyway, they get Bailey hopefully on the upswing. I'm interested to see how Wes Johnson tweaks certain things that the A's had him work on because, you know, the A's are notorious tinkerers and they are really, really good when it comes to pitching.
1: Yeah, I. he's an interesting pickup. We've talked a lot about how he was at one time a big prospect. Didn't see
0: it coming, though. I mean, I had no idea it was coming.
1: Yeah, no, and it, so – certainly wasn't you know kind of a primary target of of many teams in the offseason but got to be creative i think when when you're the twins even in their current state as supposedly a contender fourth highest probability right to win the world series and uh, a lot of good coaching staff players want to play for but Mm -hmm. you know seventh overall pick and and he was in cincinnati from age 21 he came up to uh age 32 and i think was kind of offloaded um In a salary
0: dump? Literal salary dump.
1: Yeah. And, and, um, you know, for people kind of wondering what's up with him, seems like injuries more than anything were were the reason why he didn't, you know, he had that $100 million contract that didn't pan out for Cincinnati. But um, you got to give him credit that he was willing to – to change you, you mentioned mm-hmm. that at age 33 he, he's going to be age 34 i think this is why he was a primary target right a, a guy like west johnson probably doesn't want to deal with a 34 year old pitcher who's stuck in his ways. um so i think what you're tapping into here is proof that he's changed and also Creating an understanding of probably his strategy going into this, you you mentioned tunneling. You're throwing the ball through the same path. It's just the the hitter. If you do this correctly, has to guess: is mm-hmm. it a slider? Is it a fastball? Um, it, I think it's also interesting that he uh, ditched a he ditched the sinker, or ditched the cutter. What which pitch did he he just got rid
0: of? He uh, didn't. He he was throwing the sinker just two percent of the time. Just yeah uh, yeah, yeah. It sinker there, yep. Then just got completely got rid of it. And to be fair, it was getting pounded
1: pretty well and yep and in these stats we should point it out because we're not going to go through all this stuff in the in the podcast you can see the screenshots of where he is on the rubber mm-hmm. uh, in the story you break down all the stats based on each pitch and why he dropped the sinker um, right, right and I think yeah if a guy like this is going to have success in his 30s and Rich Hill is an example a you got to avoid injury or figure out how to deal with it B you have to adjust to, to current baseball so um, I think your article um, exemplifies why a guy like Wes Johnson would go after someone like this who's not a younger pitcher who, who he, you know, kind of a ball of clay he can mold. This is more kind of trying to breathe second life into a guy's career, which got derailed. Um, you know, you look at kind of his his innings pitched 26 years old, 208, 27 years old, 209, 145, 11, 23, 91, 106. You know, he had to build back up in what would have been in the prime of his career. Yeah. To to pitch in the major leagues. Maybe in some ways it's never great when a guy's been through injuries, but he also doesn't have the innings kind of of his out, yeah. Out, yeah. So uh willingness to learn and kind of that top prospect status uh I I like them being creative, and we see this across the board with the Twins, that they don't just go after young coaches, right? Mm -hmm. They don't just go after young players. It's not just all in-house. It's not all free agency. It's not all trades. They're creating this combination of people who just seem to be willing to learn and be on that cutting edge of of where baseball is going. So I think this is a really creative, interesting pickup, and you hope a guy like this isn't just filler for Pineda, filler for Hill. Uh, Hopefully he's an impact pitcher for the – the whole year,
0: so you told me you f- run the risk of falling into the trap of watching spring training games too closely.
1: Yeah, well, so we were talking about this. I did, you know, I was obviously out there, came back before they played any games, and then I think maybe Monday. It's a weird time. It's like the noon, you know, noon yeah, they're new, playing uh, games. Twelve
0: oh five here, yeah. Not, so it's not.
1: And they New don't, games. and they don't play every game. To my knowledge, it's it, it'll be it's mostly like
0: twice a week. They show maybe a game on TV.
1: Yeah, and I think it's mostly Hammond Stadium, and it's based on the cost of like anyone who's been to Florida knows. You know the the population runs up and down the east and west coast of Florida, mm-hmm. and you have to like I think to get to Jupiter, you know Jupiter, Florida, Florida that is. <laughs> uh, you, Home of Lance Lynn. Yeah. Also, yes, and also I think Miami and the Cardinals kind of are close, mm-hmm. just like the the Twins and Red Sox have close facilities over there. Uh, you have to cut across like the the heart of Florida. So um, I'm assuming they don't bring the whole camera crew out there given kind of where I'm going with this. There's only so much information to be gleaned. It's almost more fun to be like, I saw this prospect, you know, play against what would be major league or close to major league talent. And you can evaluate in your head. Where's Nick Gordon? Where's Royce Lewis? Where's whatever. I
0: think Trevor Larnick is the one who's standing out the most. Cause yeah. he's got a couple homers in the last few days here and He's looking the part. And he should because he either will be a tr- trade chip because the outfield's kind of full
1: or he's a guy that'll slot in if Kirloff ends up hitting a rut at some point or something like that, but... You would expect a guy, Oregon State, who's a little bit older. Mm-hmm. You see him. He looks, you know, he doesn't look like some kid, you know, in the in a locker room full of pro athletes. He, he's built
0: like an athlete. Well, I mean, and, and sorry, Ma- Madrigal, his teammate, is probably going to open the season with the White Sox are very close to it. Yeah. So they're on a similar timeline. So I think it makes sense what you're saying, that he's he's probably pretty close.
1: Yeah. And I don't hate the idea of moving him and getting a piece that you need if, if you've you know, we'll see how these guys, the Mm reclamation projects do in spring training. Maybe you go get an arm or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, uh, it, it, it's fun to watch but I think you have to take a step back and and take a breath because you can see Ben Attendi and I see all the all the different things Ben Attendi the player they should have drafted instead of Tyler J or mm-hmm. whatever drafted right Home after bring off
0: Ken to Maeda besides all yeah,
1: right homers off for Ken and Maeda. and then at the time I I texted you I was like I you know I gotta I gotta check myself and be like Maeda's fine if he's scuffling in a preseason game against the Red Sox yeah, the Red Sox. Well, up. I don't
0: think they allowed another run the rest of the day. I yeah, think they won like two to one or something.
1: Yeah, and you see some funny scores like four to four,
0: right? I mean, they just call it or ten to eight. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah. There's the Rays or Phillies yesterday where they just kind of beat yeah. up. And you know, it, it's it's all it's all getting into the swing of things. Less about evaluation, more about how guys look. And
1: a guy like Homer Bailey, I mean, that's the time for him to go. I don't think he's gonna do this, but do you go back to the sinker? You could try it in a spring training game. Mm-hmm. It gets beat up. We're done. Maeda might be work on this one-off speed. Or pitch. See how
0: it feels coming out of your hand.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you have to realize they're not playing to win. The players aren't. They're playing to improve themselves. And um, I still recommend it as having been to Hammond State. You've been there. It, yeah. Get out there. I mean, it, it's get out of the cold. Go see. It is like a first-class minor league park. I, to be honest, similar to the Saints, except it's in Florida. And you
0: know, at this time of year, it's so, a nice way to reset your winter. Kind of like yeah, Christmas resets like the. Hum dum, hum drum, whatever. Winter, like sure. things that reset your mental sure. well being a little bit. And I think, I think for me last year it was that. It was like, okay, it's so cold, and I left, and like my neighbor had to come snow blow my driveway. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. And I felt bad, but getting out of that, it's, it's. I think it's good for you.
1: No, and so I recommend it. And if you want to watch it on TV, it's kind of like. make me sound boring, but I love watching golf. And in part of it, it's, Hey, these are world-class venues and it's the middle of winter and you get to see, you know, the sunshine through your TV. So Mm -hmm. I think the, uh, you know, if you, if you like it for entertainment value, that's great. If you want to see these prospects come in, it is fun to see young prospects because the twins still are dependent, I believe on their minor league system to Mm -hmm. some extent. Um, that's great but yeah I, I just feel like I had to check myself and be like it is going to be fine and don't read make- into it too much cuz you want to analyze it you want to make something of it just like when you watch a game even though you know it's one of 162 Yeah. You're trying to make sense of what's happening.
0: Yeah, the concept that uh, the that concept for me watching prospects and being excited about it dates back to like the late 90s when I remember watching like Damian Miller this catching sure. prospect who he actually never even made it with the Twins. He was taken in the expansion draft by the Diamondbacks, and he he played for a little while with them. But I just remember, like, back in, like, 96, prospects weren't a big deal. You just didn't know anything about they yeah. bring up somebody from the minors, and you'd have no idea. No. You know, Bernardo Burrito or, or Alex Ochoa. You'd have no idea about Alex him. Alex Ochoa. And so— Yeah. And so it was fun to see these names that you never, ever heard— and now like we're knee deep in it because of like twins daily and baseball America and that sort of thing. Well, and we have interest in the, in the, Oh prospect. sure. Yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, in, in an independent analysis that we do. Yeah. I think we talked about that. I was talking to Luke who's, who does the draft wrap part of the football machine loves the draft, loves NFL prospects. I'm sure a lot of people listening to the show, you know, love following the draft and all that stuff. I think it's, the, you know, we talked about like Joe Burrow's hand size or something and how, like, mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous this became. In fact, a big he, even,
0: he even had some fun with that on Twitter.
1: Right. I think there's so much more focus that this would have been so deep inside football, inside baseball to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Um, that, you know, you don't, uh, it went to surfaced, and I like that people are invested in the prospects. I think a it tells you more about the trade because if a player's included, you understand why the Twins are getting such a good player coming back or whatever. But secondly, it's fun when they debut, and it's not just you know one of the uh, the stars a uh, uh, Buxton debuting or something like that. Mm-hmm. It could be it'd be fun if Rooker makes his debut and just see how does he do first at bat, you know, first couple plate appearances or something like that. Yeah, the Eddie Uh, Rosario first pitch homer or first at bat homer. You know, Larnik when he comes up, Kirilov, certainly Lewis. Like, I think it's fun to create hype around that. I think we just have to remember this is evaluated at a minutia that, you know, the the team is always going to have information that we don't have and understanding of the players' progress we don't have. And if you really want to know this stuff, yeah, you got to go through those daily reports and probably see – Twitter clips or YouTube clips or whatever of these guys, but right, right. this is the first step I would say is is go see them play against kind of their peers, whether it's a guy in the major leagues their age or someone who's in AA. They'll face him in AA. This is the first time you kind of see them uh, this year uh, going at it in Florida. So uh, I'm not saying there's nothing no value, no fun in this. It's more like I had to check myself and be like, yeah, let's not overreact to something that happens in a spring training game.
0: How close are you watching the injury situation for Well, not only in the division, because Chicago's dealing with some stuff, Cleveland's dealing with a lot of stuff, but also the Yankees. Yeah. Severino's going to have Tommy John surgery. Stan got hurt, I think. Is that right? Yeah. And it seems like he's hurt quite frequently. In fact, Preston Wilson, who is Mookie Wilson's son, Mookie from the Mets back in the late 80s, had an interesting point on Twitter. I'd love to get Preston on sometime. We'll, We'll see if we can work on that. But... We played for the Marlins, I think, in the Berardino days. So I think maybe that would be a good bridge or maybe a bad bridge because Mike didn't really have a great time there. (laughs) But he said he thinks that Stanton's body is built for once-a-week sports rather than once-a-day sports. And so what he's saying is, does he have a football build? I mean, is he he not twitchy enough? Is he not conditioned like soft muscle tissue and repetition and stuff? And so you see him. He looks like a thoroughbred, like an absolute horse. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, he looks, uh, I wouldn't rule it out. Thinking
1: about the foot, you think he'd make a transition to football?
0: No, I'm saying he's built like a football player. Oh, he's, gotcha. He works out like a football player. Yeah. And the problem is that that means that when you're doing the rep- repetitive stressor sure, things that sure. baseball players do. You're more susceptible to injuries. Yeah. I mean, it, it's was, something to think about. I'm not saying it's true because he's had serendipitous injuries. He got, I think, Mike Fires hit him in the face. Yeah, Believe it or what not. What a weird yeah, baseball yeah. small world. Yeah. I,
1: you know, I think he, it's funny. I think of Daniel Hunter, like the way he's built uh, mm-hmm. the Vikings player star, you know, coming out of like the third round or something like that. He's lean and mean. And uh, there's a reason why he's had the success in his career. It's funny. Stanton actually kind of looks built kind of like him that, that, yeah, me, you know, I, and there was talk of going back to golf. There was tar, tiger woods. Is he too fit? Yeah. You know, which sounds funny, but then look at some of the golfers out there. Right. I, I mean, some of this is there's a reason why pitchers bodies are the way they are. And there's, mm-hmm. you know, reason why Buxton and Royce Lewis bulked up the way they did to it's prevent injuries. And, you know, I was just thinking about this, uh, last year when Royce Lewis, I think hit a double into the gap, Did some pushups, (laughs) right? And then got thrown at, and then got thrown at, and you're like, "Yeah, that's not what he means. What what he's getting at there is, what if I bulk up, I can weight run. Then again, he's got to think through it the other way too. Does that create more injuries? And I I think all this stuff is interesting. What how players are you know player conditioning, player nutrition. This is why I'm encouraged by the current Twins regime. Is it seems like they think about all this stuff. It's not just we got this kind of pitching wizard over here. It's you know, Adi keep these guys healthy and it's working out conditioning, stretching, all that stuff. And it, uh, it, speaking
0: of Doe had a really good story about Andrea Hayden, mm-hmm. their assistant trainer that just got yeah. promoted the full time. Sorry, as a, as a brief aside, so no. check that out on MLB.com.
1: No, and he's a friend of the show. We probably should get him on at some point. I think he's maybe turned 19 or something like that. He's yeah. a young guy. Well, last but, year he
0: said he wasn't comfortable enough in the beat to take over uh, a seat, on a show like this, but I think we can, get that's so time. funny. No, he's one
1: of our, you know, we, we love him. He does, does great reporting, but that's the thing is, um, yeah, you know, back, I,
0: yeah, back to medical stuff.
1: No. And I, 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 and this could be not just coaching. It could be anything. It's, uh, in the front office. I, I talked about that churn and, and there probably is some concern that I think Shelton's a great guy, but that's a loss that you, you know, you, um, James Rousen, they lost all these great coaches. The best thing about that is it is an opportunity to bring more people in, new ideas. Yeah, it's not this, like the
0: ideas that they had go away. No. And I
1: think it's also, they may, I think actually the garden hire crowd, as much as we talk about, they didn't get hired away probably was cutting edge at one point. And I think the twins should in some ways think of themselves as the metrodome twins, not in that they should you know, they should have a higher payroll and all that stuff. And certainly you probably cater a team a little differently yeah, yeah. for, but adult. they
0: operated a forced efficiency rather than an, uh, a yeah, and be,
1: be efficient and spend money. That's probably yeah. the way you should think about it because you look at, I mean, so if they're the fourth highest odds to win the world series, which is wild to think about, especially given where they were, was it 20 to one? something like that. I mean, it's Vegas is very bullish on them. And also I think fans are sometimes people uh, cynical Minnesota fans or whatever. I saw them out at spring training, gather around watching these guys hit uh, certainly being wild by Donaldson and all this stuff. I actually feel it here where people are getting the gear back out and Mm -hmm. they, they kind of believe in the team. And certainly, I love that Rocco it and said, Hey, let's not let everyone down. Let's not, you know, waste the season while everyone's kind of in their prime. They'd be core. easy to
0: shut that out and say, we don't think about that. Yeah.
1: I think, it. I think it's great that he acknowledged that. And, um, were you the, were you there the day he wore the big
0: chain? Yeah. 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 Which yeah. Was that Sano's? Was that
1: no, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember the, background was it real on that, though? Like,
0: was it a real chain? I got to imagine it's kind of fakey, something but it was a grocery store.
1: You fun. Cents. Yeah. Something you have fun with. Um, uh, who are the three teams? So it'd be the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Astros would be the three teams with higher odds. Is that right? Mm, it's got to be Astros. Yeah, got to bets. I mean, you got to think the Nationals
0: wouldn't be in that mix. Which
1: is why. it's crazy. The Twins have a higher odds than the Nationals.
0: You know, and you, you got to remember though, the Nationals last year they were like eight games under five hundred. They almost May, they could have lost to Milwaukee. And They could have lost to Milwaukee. Yeah, Bailey will remind us of that yeah. next time he's here again. Yeah, kind of his uh, his favorite thing to remind us of. Right. And yeah, you know, that's why, and everyone gets so wound up about having enough pitching to beat the Yankees. What if you don't face the Yankees? Yeah. I mean,
1: I kind of wrote about that. I was like, the Yankees will loom over this team all year long, but you only play them six times, right? Yeah. You know, once there, once here, or one series here, one series there. But you got to acknowledge the the Yankee boogeyman, right? Or whatever. But you also have Mm -hmm. to know there's other teams that you're going to have to face down and the twins are up against it against this kind of cream of the crop right the Dodgers spend like the Yankees they're in LA Magic Johnson is part of that group there right and uh, the Yankees are the Yankees we talked about their injuries but they can feel a whole separate team I mean it's wild but they did it last year yeah they had all these injuries
0: then guys like Luke Voigt step up right Giovanni Ursula,
1: exactly when
0: when Miguel Andujar goes down. It's they've got the next man up mentality, and it's not about money. They also do really well in player development. Sure, they hired was it Tanner Swanson away from the Twins? Yeah, yeah. I think they hired Eric Cressy, who was the Performance Institute guy from I think Jupiter, where Lomo used to work out, and yeah. and the, they they put their resources not only in players three hundred whatever million to Garrett Cole, but in other guys too. I, I mean, and and the, you know I was talking about the injuries. So Severino's hurt, Paxton's hurt. Tanaka is like one blip away from. His, I mean, his UCL is compromised. It yeah. has been all along. And Jordan Montgomery hasn't been healthy in a couple of years. Yeah, that's a f- almost a full rotation. And then Domingo Herman is suspended. That's a full rotation of guys who yeah. you don't know what you're getting out of behind Garrett Cole. So I mean, Cole's going to start for you once every five days, and he's going to be a beast. But I mean, you're looking at some prospects. You're looking at. Maybe they make a quick trade for Robbie Ray. Maybe you make a quick trade. Maybe they go. Maybe they're the team that goes and gets John Gray instead of, instead of the Twins.
1: The twins yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, and there's a reason why they're so good. But the Twin—that's why the Twins have to. You know, I like that they're not overplaying the underdog mentality. But you, you, you have to think of yourself as kind of disadvantaged in some ways, given that. You're in a little bit smaller market, um, and that doesn't mean don't spend. I think that's the first thing people think. It's more be innovative. You have to be smarter than the Yankees to beat them. The Rays and that's win. Hard.
0: The Rays win, and so does Oakland. Yeah, I mean, um, so you
1: keep you got to keep pushing. And and the hard thing that one of the things I dislike the most about what happened with Houston is you could say look at the Astros, right? The Astros are in a big city, but not a particularly large. Like TV market or don't have yeah. The historic what is their TV base. market?
0: Are they probably like tenth Eighth, in baseball? Yeah, Eighth? yeah, yeah, something
1: like that. And uh, a team without. Kind Wait, of where the, are the
0: Twins? Are they like twelfth,
1: fifteenth? Yeah, yeah.
0: So not super comparable, but yeah, and you, you, you. But bigger market too. Keep in mind that they're they're holding a state. It's a bigger state. Yeah, but there's also the Rangers there. Yeah, and the Twins have like. It's not even, is it a, it's more than a tri-state area because probably Iowa too. Maybe some yeah. Cubs fans because of the Iowa Cubs. Yeah. But I bet the areas are similar.
1: Sure, sure. And you know, the Cardinals are always good and that's even a smaller, you know, smaller city or whatever. But yeah. the, the point there is that, yeah, you know, one time you could say the Houston's just smarter everyone. Now that you're like, they cheated in such a funny way. Like when you think about it, that you smashed a trash can, you know, like it, it, it's absurd. But um, it's harder to profile them like, as though they're like a smarter, more, uh, you know, they spend more money than the A's. But I think the A's and the Rays are still a good example of they should, if they get better stadiums, they should still maintain that mentality of we have to be smarter than people to beat them. And the twins should be almost the model for those guys. Uh, or at least the twins
0: and the Cardinals are the spend when you need to, but develop as much as you can.
1: Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we know this, that you can, you got to spend on your own, guys. You should get free agents, all this stuff. But the, the impact players are sometimes, you know, a twenty-five guy in arbitration or whatever. You know what I mean, stuff like that. So, what they hoped Byron Buxton would be at this point. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's, you know, he's a. He, there will be a lot of focus as we get closer to the season on him because he is just
0: that much of a difference maker. It didn't right. seem like there were restrictions on him when you were down there, did it?
1: No, I think. You know, the, there will always be the storyline of like, how do you balance him being an aggressive competitor? Yeah. And how do you balance him staying on the field that they're right. going to have to figure right. out? But we should just the other thing we should discuss is he kind of figured out, you know, stuff at the plate a little bit last year, I felt like. And does that carry over with the injury and all that?
0: Because Man, if it doesn't, then it, it gets dicey pretty fast.
1: And if it does, it's just he's that much more important to the team.
0: He's you a five-win player at that point. Yeah. Because I mean, his defense is so good. Yeah. And his base running is so good. That the loud tools. I mean, even if you don't hit, guys like B.J. Upton or whatever is Melvin Upton Jr., whatever he was at the yeah. end of his career, they <laughs> hang around for 10, 12, 15 years until their wheels go. Yeah, Curtis
1: Granderson was like yeah, Yeah. yeah. yeah, so, but he, yeah.
0: And, and Granderson sold out for some power and yeah. struck out a lot. But the tools, physical tools will get you work forever, especially if you're an yeah, up middle talent.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, the the other curiosity I have is, how is the ball going to play? We're, it's so hard to
0: tell here because it's it's cold and it'll change. Well, they're going to have right hand hitters beating the hell out of the ball, whether it's, you know, a moon ball or a, a Jupiter ball. Yeah, just, uh, right. <laughs> depending <laughs> I, on your gravitational
1: pull. I, I think my question is, like, a, a guy like Kepler also is going to have some weird pressure on him because... He had that breakout. He's kind of seen, as much as I don't think he really wants to be seen this way, as like this marvel because he came from Germany. Th- that's the other thing. You got to be smarter. What is the market that's not, you know, where is the area that mm-hmm. there's players but you're not, you know, other teams aren't tapping into? Lewis Thorpe from Australia. Yeah, and and I think there's going to be a funny pressure on him of like, What kind of player is he if he doesn't have the home run total, right? I think he's still a good defensive player. He's the replacement at center when Buckson's out. And And he'll
0: hit doubles instead of homers, probably.
1: And he's, yeah, and he seems like kind of what you're getting at. He has a swing where if he doesn't have the power, he can still find gaps. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's it's one of the most intriguing teams, not just because it's a twins team that's like supposedly more likely to win the World Series than the Washington Nationals, but also that you have all these moving parts, you know these storylines that are covered up because we're so fixated right now on the prospects on kind of the Buxton staying healthy thing. I talk about Homer Bailey, like what is their pitching situation and how many reclamation projects pan out Mm -hmm. uh, who's in the bullpen, all that stuff. And I think, um, man, I mean, there's just gonna be a lot to unpack as we get close to the season.
0: Brief aside, tiny Nick just texted and said, he, he was going to skip a test to be on the show and he wishes he had. And I'm just like, oh man, I love it. That's commitment. We don't need that kind of commitment.
1: No, we'll get him And for people who haven't heard him before wondering who the hell tiny Nick is. He has seats in the, in right field. He calls them bonus seats
0: or whatever. It's by the bonus seats. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, bonus is John bonus. Yes. Yes. I might add the, the twins daily, godfather and, and, yeah, involved his own and coverage a, too.
1: yeah um yeah so so he's right there
0: you know kind as, of the cutout where a lot yes. of times you'll see outfielders in the right field corner jump and try to catch foul balls yeah yeah and i've had a picture taken there yeah where oswaldo arcia was trying to make the catch he didn't which is going to surprise nobody yeah um but he, he has his twitter handle is um or his astadio. twitter picture is astadio trying to make that catch yeah is, is nick in that picture yeah, you can see him backing off. Okay. He's in a
1: snow jersey, snows his favorite player. But I yeah. you know, I sat there during the Yankees game that went back and forth, obviously
0: one. Well, you the guys sat there catch. for like all night.
1: Yeah, but he's a he's a big fan, but also a rational thinker, and we you know, we like to talk to him about uh, what's he he's seeing with the the twins? I got to imagine he's excited. He's but,
0: very Ryan Turnquist though. Very yes. Very well thought out. And that so we'll so try to we'll get enjoy.
1: him on. We mentioned Chris from Cleveland, my friend. Who yeah, yeah. I I mean that's the other thing is we're gonna have to talk about the division at some point. With you know we're gonna have to see how those rosters shake out as spring yeah, training yeah. ends. But uh, you know you can't worry about the or you can't forget about the White Sox who you know, this is why the Twins should be urgent to win because the White Sox, I think, are going to match them at some point given they spend, they're in Chicago, they have great prospects. And Cleveland's a frustrating one where as frustrated as people are with the poll ads and we'll see over the course of the kind of this winning window how much they spend and they certainly should. Mm -hmm. Cleveland, it's almost a foregone conclusion that they probably could if they spent Maintained a great team, and it seems like they're willing to kind of dive back down. And I, I, I don't love that decision. I think a three way race in the Central would
0: be really fun at some point. But yeah, the the Twins never had that. It was always them and the White Sox back in the yeah days.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think at at various points. Maybe there were. I mean, obviously, oh they, Detroit.
0: No, they they had Detroit yeah. when they beat them in the game one sixty three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was there was some jockeying with Detroit too. But it always felt to me like the White Sox were the chief threat. For sure. For
1: sure. And the bigger rival and stuff. But I you know, it, it's unfortunate to me that Cleveland kinda isn't keeping this together because th- the issue here is they're actually a big wild card. If they get going right away, maybe they have a change in plants mm-hmm. and make a push. But if and they don't because of injuries. You're gonna see them sell parts. And so a major parts at Trade Lindor. But you know, I, I think um I mean, it's just shaping up to be a fun season and it's hard not to get the wheels turning when you see baseball, even though, as we said, we know they're meaningless games and it's in Florida. It's not, you know, at the various team locations and stuff. It's it's hard not to think of everything that's going to happen this year.
0: Quick takeaway. One out of 100, one to 100, 100 being the highest, obviously your level of paying attention to the Yankees at this point in terms of those injuries.
1: Like, yeah, I mean, I'll look at like it. Like
0: 75, 60 You also maybe?
1: can't avoid it. Like, even if I didn't want to, it's going to be on ESPN, right? Yeah, yeah. So even if I'm watching basketball highlights, it'll show well, up.
0: Well, like, yeah, Jose Brios could lose his right arm and it wouldn't be on SportsCenter. But yeah. Garrett I Cole got, and that sort I, of thing. I think there's more focus.
1: We're not going to win them say selfie. Uh, I think there's more focus on him now because he's starting to become kind of that young star mm-hmm. that, that you got to watch out for. Mm-hmm. I still, um, you know, think he's... He's the pitcher to, I think he's still the ace or the most equivalent to that for the Twins. Yeah. Um. But I think I'm paying attention to it just because unfortunately the AL remains lopsided and there's just only so many teams you got to think about. There may be a dark h- horse coming. I think there's seven or eight for what is it? Five
0: playoff spots. It's three divisions, five, two wild cards. But uh,
1: seven of eight. But really, of contenders, it's not. It's the Yankees. We're throwing the yeah, Twins. Yeah. Like you like
0: you're you're hoping that maybe Chicago or Cleveland takes a jump, Tampa Bay or Oakland takes a jump. But I think right now it's Twins, Astros, and Yankees are like yeah. the heavyweights. And, and then everyone else kind of falls behind that. And then that, that's where the other four teams come in. The Red Sox maybe, the A's, the Rays, and then oh, – so it's, I guess it's four or five. But but those are all semi-fairly in the rearview mirror.
1: Yeah, I you know, the Twins – the twins also have darling potential. It would be open oh, yeah. or,
0: or the race, if like they, sports or SI cover in June potential.
1: Yeah, just because you're never going to hate the Astros as much as the Yankees. I don't think, Mm-mm. but people hate them for re- for obvious reasons. I mean, they're, LeBron James talked about him. I,
0: it, people don't like it when you when you cheat in sports. In especially fact, I think Tiny Nick text or tweeted about him too about how much of a focus LeBron yep. is now. So when LeBron says something, people pay attention, even yep. if it's about it could be about Kobe. It yep. could be about baseball. It could be about tacos because yeah. we saw that too. Yeah. Like he thought he was like coining taco Tuesday. Like, dude, it's so funny. You don't even know. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. If, if LeBron's paying attention, that's. Yeah. That's
1: so my, my, now. and my point is the twins would be seen as this innovative, fun laid back team with Rocco with young, uh, the Brios the and mm-hmm. you know, kind of fun, young stars. Also, so is doing image repair right now. I mean, he's, he's slimmed down.
0: By the way, he said they're not the Bomba squad anymore. Huh. He said, we're not worried about the Bombas. We're about worrying about winning a World Series. Yeah. I got ripped on Reddit, but I've been maintaining <laughs> that the Bomba squad has to die because now I don't think that my sports playing experience is normative. My division sure. three, one inning on defense of baseball is normative to how <laughs> pro sports work. But things need to die after one year. You become a new team. You regenerate. Yeah. Like the dance parties came back the next year and they were they were a terrible team the next year. So like what, you, you can't bring back, like you got to be something so, else.
1: So I think they shouldn't fix that on home runs given that there's some variables they can't control including chiefly the I think ball. Bomba Squad needs to be dead. I just do. Interesting. I just like that name. I like that they name themselves and that like I think of, you know, that young core. Like I think that's, that's they're the bombas and that maybe you're right. I, it's, it'll be a
0: curious, like storyline. Do you think it'll just fade away? Like people were ticked off that Burt Blylevin was getting taken off broadcast no, I mean, a few years ago. And then people didn't talk about it after the season started. It just kind of fades away.
1: I'm inclined to believe that the the fans will try to keep it up. I don't know if they'll have the counter or anything, but the siren, they may be known as, I don't even know if they'll have that. I just wonder if they will be referred to the bombas casually. Um, I, you know, I don't know. The don't Yankees know. are the Bronx Bombers. It's not like they,
0: I guess they always kind of have home runs, but it, that's yeah. Not, yeah I, think I don't that, know. I, I'm, I'm going to be complicit in trying to not mention it. So we'll yeah. see. But I just think, I just think it's got to, you got to churn. you got to become a new identity and it's, yeah. maybe it'll be, you know, Baldelli's bangers or something. I mean, that's, that's
1: so funny. We're going to push yeah. the,
0: yeah, it's not yeah. as bad as the, <laughs> you know what? The best thing about it was, or, it was
1: organic and sometimes you yeah. just let it be and see what, see happens. what
0: happens. Yeah. So we have listener questions. You ready to take them? Yeah, some? yeah. Big fella Eric on Twitter says, "Is it possible?" <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a good <laughs> handle. Is it possible that we see Lewis or Kirilov in the big leagues by the end of June? Now, for Lewis, I'm going to say no. I think he's still got too many moving parts in his swing, and too many things would have to happen. He slumped a little last year. Huh? Yeah, it, the infield. Like, let's say Polanco has to miss time, then you've got Adrianza. If Sano has to miss time, you know you've got. You've got um, Marwin who can who can yeah. step in, so they're less apt to go get the prospect, and maybe they bring up one of these veteran guys. Uh, you know, no, and it's like um, I'm trying to think of who they brought up in recent, like a Doug Bernier type to just kind of fill in. Dougie Baseball, yeah, yeah. As your as your utility guy, I'm trying to think of the guy who came up two years ago. I can see his face. He's a manager in the minor leagues now, but anyway, um, Jamie Carroll. Well, like Jamie that. Carroll yeah. was the. This was a Spanish speaker, but they they had and then Tarius was another guy they had yeah, that, yeah. that never really made much uh, headway but would have been that guy. I don't think Lewis is in that mix of like next man up and I think also Nick Gordon being on the 40 man roster gives him the benefit. So they they invested draft capital in him and that you you always have to even though it wasn't this regime they're going to give him a chance. So yeah. I think Kirilov is ahead in that discussion but before you consider that Kirilov and Larnak are probably neck and neck Brent Rooker is ahead of them, is he not? I mean, the fact that he—he I, I torched he he, AAA last year, yeah—and they probably don't necessarily want him to be a full-time guy in the outfield, just because it seems they value guys who can go get it. You know, he kind of looks to me like a
1: like a right-handed Jason Kubel type. He's, he's twenty-five. I actually don't hate that. If it, God forbid, Sano
0: goes down, play first base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or if you know, eventually Cruz is going to have to retire. Maybe it won't be now after this year. Maybe it won't be for another two years. But I think he's a good contingency plan. He's not on the 40-man yet, and so you've got some time to kind of jockey him back and forth. But I think that it's probably unlikely that either of those guys are up by the end of June. But keep in mind, we would have said this about Eddie Rosario back in, was a 2015 he debuted?
1: Yeah. I, you would.
0: Everybody it. said it's temporary. He went back to the minors for a little while because he had a really rough stretch the next year, but he didn't go back in 2015. Yeah. So... As much as you try to project, predict that sort of thing, I don't think either of them will be up and it would take some kind of significant roadblock in terms of an injury or clearing of a roadblock in terms of an injury. I'm gonna say no, but I'm well, not gonna Well and we it know up. this with Aaron Hicks. You can bring a guy
1: up too early and kill his confidence. So set right. back their you know, their progression. So yeah.
0: Clinton Holmgren wants to know. Who gets MLB time first, Larnik, Kirillov, Rooker, or Lewis? I think me talking about Rooker kind of lends to that discussion. And keep in mind, Snow has battled some injuries. And granted, yeah. they were kind of serendipitous. But remember, he didn't start the season with the team last year. Do you remember he had that ankle cut or that heel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, Ablation yeah. or abrasion or whatever. They, so he had to have it like, I don't know what they did. It was like a, a some kind of crazy surgery at Mayo. And he didn't debut until, I think it was May, like early May. So yeah. um, if if something were to happen where Sano was not available, you'd have to be looking at Rooker being the guy. And I think that's why he's probably the head of that class. They want to know what they have in him, even if it's just a trade. And then yeah. honestly, I think Lewis is fourth because he, he's he got most the most to prove. He's got the most reason for them to not mess with him but at the same time he's got so many moving parts to his swing that they're going to have to tinker with that. I think Larnick and Kirilov are neck and neck. I think they'd be more likely to bring Kirilov up just because I think you know he's he's just maybe a, a, just a nudge higher in their internal stuff. But I think it's it's Rooker 1, Kirilov 2A, Larnick 2B, Lewis 3. Yeah, but Lewis is the last one of those. Yeah, Grant Watley asks, "Do you expect Marwin to get a poor reaction on the road from fans?" Now, this to me is the under the unheralded storyline. Everyone talks about how the Astros are going to have a tough time on the road, but what about the guys that aren't on the Astros anymore? Think about this too. Yeah, Rich Hill and Marwin Gonzalez are on the same team right now. Yeah, like and, it, how,
1: it, and it's been written that they tried to resolve it. They yeah. had a talk. It's an interesting storyline. I'm also. I'm inclined to believe Marwin won't get much heat. And why I say that is I know he has had his best year. I think he's an impact player. I mean, I, I like players like that that can play all over and that just seem to kind of go and do their job. Um, but uh, I – yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. The I'm assuming given that he apologized right away and kind of tried to flush it, I think it's unlikely he gets too much heat.
0: Yeah, I was on Bison 1660 yesterday and, and Keith Brake, friend of the show – want to know what I thought about all that and what's going to happen with the Red Sox. Cause it kind of feels like the Red Sox thing is like the calm before the storm. Sure. You know, they're not, they're not really talking much about that and you can't punish them more than the Astros is my, my thought, but the Astros have ruined it. Like if the Astros would have come out and apologized after the initial punishment, which some people thought was light and some people thought was severe. Sure. A lot of it could have gone away and crane thought Jim crane, their owner thought it was going to go away anyway. But if you would have come out and apologized, then people wouldn't be thinking man, I wish these jackasses would have gotten punished more. Sure, sure. The players, et cetera. And I said, how do you punish the players? You don't know who to punish how much, but that's why Rob Manfred makes the big bucks because he has to make those difficult decisions. And you want and to he have has some to, immunity to get more information. But you yeah. also have to set a precedent that this will not be tolerated. If this, if they punish the Red Sox more, then the Red Sox get all pissed off because, well, why, why did the outrage about the Astros get us punished more? That, that doesn't have anything to do with it. If they punish them less. There's less of a deterrence. He's really stepped in it. The Astros have really stepped in it. And I don't know. I think the players will fairly skate by, comparatively speaking. But also the Astros have been hit like seven times in four spring training games. So yeah, I'm not sure. Like Bregman got hit with a 3-2 curveball. I'm inclined to believe that was probably accidental. But if you're going to, you know, they were worried about, Dusty Baker was worried about them getting hit intentionally. If you're going to hit somebody intentionally and you mask it as a 3-2 curve, It's not the worst way to go. Yeah. Uh, Brooks wants to know, what is the one, if you can only make it to one, Twins Road Series to go to in the 2020 season? All right. I pulled up a few of them. There's Seattle in late March, early April. I think you're going on that trip. I am not, but I'm going to be in Oakland Oakland before. So that's an interesting one. LA, at the end of April, they go Dodgers-Angels. They go to New York City in late May for the Yankees. They go to Kansas City in mid-June. Kansas City is a pretty fun city, and it isn't quite hot yet there. Yeah. In July, they go to Arizona and Texas. Stay the hell away from Arizona and Texas. Sure. In August, they go to Kansas City. I would stay away from Kansas City in August. Now, granted, that's over my anniversary, and I might go to that trip. Yeah. But remember what Ichiro said about August in Kansas City. If you don't know what he said, look it up on YouTube. He's talking to Bob Costas, and it's one of the funniest things you'll ever hear. <laughs> It's the first – is one of the first phrases that each year will learn in English about about Kansas City. It's, it's really funny. Um, but how about this one? San Diego in late September. I mean, I can't imagine much better. So I'm saying yeah. either go L.A. at the end of April because you want to get away to a warm place when it's still not super warm here. Sure. Or San Diego in late September. San Diego might be playing for something. They got Brian Dozier. You watch <laughs> yeah. old friend Brian Dozier. But San Diego in late September. Although – this is the wild card. What about the playoffs? I think the Twins are going to be in the playoffs. So yeah. if, if they go to the playoffs, you should go to that. But I think if you want to scratch that itch early, it's L.A., either the Angels or the Dodgers. The Dodgers only a two-game series. Angels is three. But otherwise, San Diego for three in late September, I mean, you can't beat that. Yeah, I.
1: so the only – why New York would be my, number one is it's a meaningful series in a big city
0: and late May. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be the but, thick of like things starting to get going.
1: Yeah. Otherwise go to California. And if you want to save money, don't go to the coast, you know, not going to the coast, yeah. go to, go to Kansas city. Uh, it's a really fun, fun city. To do that. Or, uh, Chicago, given that that's an upcoming team in a big city, relatively cheap.
0: Yeah. None of the Chicago trips really stood out to me, but that's yeah. another good one. Kansas city is a really underrated one though. Last one we got Ota or Barrios for opening days from Michael Osmondson.
1: I, I think you Barrios. go Barrios, yeah. yeah.
0: I think you got to go with the guy that you um, that you drafted and developed. And man, Odorizzi is starting the second game against Oakland. It's not a bad consolation prize, no. But that's pretty much it. Um, Katie Mady wanted to know uh, walk-up music. We'll keep an eye for that coming out. I looked on the Twins site, and it still lists CJ Crone. It still lists Jason Castro. <laughs> As we know, those players have moved on, and so it has not been updated yet. But if you look up Twins Walk-Up Songs, MLB has a site for that. I didn't know about it. It's it's tough to find, but they updated it last year about a week or two before the season. So Dustin Morse, the Twins PR director, must have sent those in beforehand. So keep your eyes peeled. Google it, Twins Walk-Up Music. You may be able to find it. It's like MLB.com entertainment. But you can look for walk up songs there. I'll probably do my article where I suggest songs for players because, you know, get to know these players a little bit, know what they like. And so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Anyway, that was awesome questions. Thank you for sending those in. You can always send them at Midwest Swing Pod on Twitter. If you send them at Zone Coverage MN, I'll probably find them as well. Maybe we'll get Tiny Nick on next week. Maybe we'll get Preston Wilson on. We'll see. I'm going to poke around and see what I can find for a guest. But until then, Thank you so much for checking out Midwest Wing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. For Tim Cheesebro, producing for Tom Schreier across the table. This is Brandon Warren saying thank you so much. We'll catch you next week. Rock over London. Rock on, Chicago.